Hey, all you rock stars out there. This is Steelheart. You are listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 366 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. And this week I've got one that I'm really happy to bring to you. Well, Jinko Matajevic, the vocalist of Steelheart, is on this podcast. This is one that I've hoped to happen since this podcast started. When Jason and I started this podcast back in 2015, this was definitely one of those guys that I hoped to get on here at some point. So glad that it finally happened here seven and a half years later. This, uh, this is actually the first episode I've done in January. So this is the first episode of 2023. Coming up uh, here in May will be the eight year anniversary of this podcast. So. I guess this would be a good time to say thank you for those of you that have been listening throughout that time, whether it be the whole time or on and off or recently or right now for the very first time. Regardless of how it's happened, I appreciate you being here. Very glad to uh, get this one out with Mojinko. This was actually recorded, I think it was the very end of October, so we are now Two and a half months ago, roughly, I had a lot of stuff come up, you know, like right after I recorded this, I ended up going out of town for the better part of a month and a half. I was home for like a week or so, or a week or two in the middle of that, but I had a couple other episodes that were recorded before that that I had to get out. That's how this always goes. And this is one of those ones that should have been out quite a bit ago, but I'm glad to get it out now because it sounds like and it looks like 2023 is going to be a big year for Stillheart, which I'm excited about, as I am a longtime fan of this band. But before we get into all this, I need to let you know who sponsors this podcast, and that would be Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in the heart of Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper, they are state licensed, and most importantly, they are mother approved. 25 plus years of experience, if you look up their socials, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on both Instagram and Facebook. There are a ton of pictures. You can check out the work there. They're excellent in a ton of different styles. I've had a tattoo done by Jason Thompson at Sunset Tattoo that I'm very happy about. I know several other people that have as well. He's tattooed a lot of touring musicians. So any work you need to have done, give him a call. Set up a time to go in there and talk about what you want to have done. They also accept walk-ins. So get in there, talk to Sunset Tattoo, and tell him you heard about him on Thunder Underground. I've also got Med Farm at a dispenser located in Broken Air, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway, basically between Broken Air and Coweta. You can't miss them. They've got a drive through which is a big thing for a dispensary. A lot of them don't have that, and it makes it nice and easy. If you call or text your order ahead of time, you can just pull right in, pick it up, and be on your way. You can also go in. If you want to check out their selection beforehand, look at leafly.com. Their entire selection, which is pretty big. You can also, of course, go in there and check it out. They've got tons of knowledgeable staff on hand at all times. Their socials, they're always running great deals, so follow them on Facebook, MedFarm. That's P-H-A-R-M. On Instagram, it's MedFarmOK. Their website is MedFarmOK.com. If you tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. That's very cool. But what's even cooler is that 30% of your proceeds 
excuse me, 30% of their proceeds from your order are going to build no-kill animal shelters. This has been part of their business's plan since the beginning, since they opened. And they've been doing this ever since. This isn't a promotion thing that happens every once in a while. It's 100% of the time. Nearly a third of their profits are going to this amazing cause, which is greatly needed. Not just here, but everywhere. So, it's worth your time and effort to hit up MedFarm. Tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground. We've also got DEB Concerts, promoter in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who has brought tons of great acts to the Tulsa area. Acts like Last in Line and Saxon and Junkyard that I never thought I'd get to see in a club in downtown Tulsa, but now I have. They also stepped up to the arena game in the last couple years, bringing in acts like Megadeth, Lamb of God, Poison, Tom Kiefer, L.A. Guns, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Nelly. All these have played the BOK Center as part of DEB concert events. They also book the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year with tons of great acts. And hey, the artist that is the topic of this episode, Iljinko from Steelheart. Steelheart has played in Actually, at Safari Joe's here probably, what, four years ago now, I think. They did a show at Safari Joe's that was put on by DEB Concerts. And, of course, a couple times at Rocklahoma many, many years ago, but we're going to get into that here in a bit. So, huge thank you to DEB Concerts. As always, follow them on the socials. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is all DEB Concerts. And the website is easy enough as well, debconcerts.com, to be kept up to date on any future concerts that are coming, and of course we let you know about it right here as well. Before we get into this uh, Steelheart episode, I want to mention that I just recorded an episode this past week with Robin McCauley. Robin's been on this podcast a couple times in the past. Amazing vocalist that if you're a fan of rock, that you, I mean, if you've been a fan, a fan of rock for a long time, you should know Robin. He's one of those guys that is legendary in every right. But his name kind of slips under the radar sometimes with some people. So if you have not heard his new single, he's got two new singles out. His next solo album comes out February 17th. But the title track, Alive, the first single is a scorcher. You need to check this thing out. The next single came out this past week called Feel Like Hell. The opening of it's got growling. It's heavy. It sounds like if you just didn't know who it was, you would not think Robin McCauley before he starts singing. You know, so you need to check that out. If you haven't checked out Black Swan, his band, they've got two albums out now, which features him on vocals, Jeff Pilson on bass, Matt Starr on drums, and the almighty Red Beach on guitar. Two killer albums from them as well. So there's some stuff you need to check out. I've also got one coming with Justin Foley, the drummer of Killswitch Engage. Just like this Steelheart episode, this one... You know, it's been pushed off too long. It was recorded in mid-November, so that should be the very next one. But in the meantime, let's just jump into some Stillheart talk. I, like I mentioned at the opening, was very excited to, you know, finally get Miljinko on this podcast. I can't tell you, man. I'm a, a big fan of this band and everything that this guy has done with this band and with, obviously... A lot of people know him from doing the vocals for Steel Dragon for the Rockstar movie. The guy's a world-class vocalist. And that, I mean, that's just obvious. If if all you know is the big hit, 
in America, the big hit being I'll Never Let You Go from the debut album. You have to know just from that that this guy's a world-class vocalist. And to see him live all these years later, you know, now we're at 30, or we're in 2023. The first album came out in 90. So we're at 33 years later. You know, I've seen him several times live now throughout the years. It's been a few years since the last time, but this guy, this isn't a studio gimmick, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Obviously, if a guy has a great voice, he's got to go out and prove it live. And there's been many singers throughout history who have done that. But when you have a voice like just this that hits notes like this, this high, and to be able to go out and do them live, and to see him live, the first time I saw him live, like I didn't get to see him back in the 90s. First time I saw him live was at the first Rock Home in 2007. And he's holding the microphone, you know, probably two feet away from his, you know, almost at arm's length away from his mouth. And he's projecting outside so well that it sounds like the microphone's right up to his mouth. You know, that's just unbelievable. You know, I've seen in recent years, I saw the vocalist of Rival Sons do that. And I've seen a couple artists throughout the years, but it's not something you see very often because a lot of vocalists can't. Even exceptional vocalists, I think, can't. Some of them can't pull that off. But regardless, the debut album, of course, was the big one here. And, you know, they, they you know, still had a lot of success in Europe and especially in Asia. And I know that from the first album, She's Gone was, you know, an even bigger hit, I think, than I'll Never Let You Go. In places like Korea and Japan and China. A lot of people looking back, you know, especially in America after the scene changed and time moved on, remembered I'll Never Let You Go. And they might remember Everybody Loves Eileen if they weren't a, a fan that bought the albums. And I remember that first Rocklahoma. I convinced a few people to go over there with me because they were going, Stillheart went on at something like noon or one in the afternoon in July in Oklahoma, and it was literally 100 degrees. It was hotter than hell. Sun was beating down, but it was, it was fucking glorious. And then the next year as well, they came back because the response was so good. You know, and I still remember telling people about that that first time. This is something, you know, I could have brought up on a thing, but I didn't want to go f too far into sounding like a fanboy dork, which I'm kind of doing now, but that first Rocklahoma, when they went on early in the day, 12 or 1. You know, of course, the at Rocklahoma, the layout is all, you know, there's a pit area. Then there's the, all the front seats. Actually, back in the first year, there wasn't a pit area. So there's all the the seats in the front, which are the VIP benches. And then General Mission surrounds that. Well, when this started, you know, there was, you know, a clump of people up front in the VIP area and a clump of people up front of GA and then it was kind of scattered because it's early in the day. But as he, you know, and there's people out, there's people there just kind of milling around as the show started, just as it went on, you just kept seeing the crowd grow a little bit. And by the end of the show, the crowd was two, three times bigger than it was when it started just because people could hear from a distance, this guy singing. And I even talked to people that said that, you know, like, like, what the hell is this? And, you know, they got over there. I couldn't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. And the next year, Rocklahoma 2008, the second Rocklahoma, they brought him back, put Stillheart at a 
higher time slot. They want him probably like five, six in the afternoon. Big production, like he, he's going to talk about that here coming up, so I'll leave that be. Then I saw him the next year at Rock in America, which was a one-off festival in Oklahoma City. And this was actually a time that me and my ex-girlfriend met him. He was staying inside stage in the VIP area. You know, and I was just, you know, there was a lot of people talking to him, of course, a lot of women. It was kind of funny, you know, we just kind of stood there, you know, waited our time for like a a moment to ask for a selfie. And he, when he turned around, you know, the two of us said, hey, you mind if we get a picture? And he said, yes, thank you so much. These last couple women won't leave me alone. So I appreciate you breaking up the <laughs> the conversation, I guess. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny because you got to imagine that's something that guys in his position, you know, have gone through their whole life probably. So <laughs> the second album, Tangled in Rains, something else that I brought up in this episode because I absolutely love this album. Majorly flew under the radar because it came out in 1992. You know, a few bands still had a little bit of commercial success in that year. Like, you know, Warrant with Dog Eat Dog. Um, Winger with Pool. Well, no, that was the next year. But Jackal, of course, debuted that year. But a lot, you know, a lot of stuff was starting to shift. And we actually talked about this on an episode in December when Jason came back. We did our episode on... Our top 10 albums from 1992, 30 years later, and I talked about Tangled and Rains. So, you know, I went into it on a little more detail. You know, actually, we didn't go into super detail on the albums on that episode, but this album is, a, you know, it's just one of those albums that's just straight through everything. You know, it's got the ballads on it with Mama Don't You Cry and All Your Love. It's got... You know, just the huge epic bangers like the opening track, Loaded Mother. The first single, Sticky Side Up. Late for the Party, you know, is one I could listen to every single day. Then it's got this song, Steelheart, the the title track. Not the title track, but the band title track, I guess. Is that what you call those? A few bands in history have done that. At that time, this you know, this was 30 years ago now. Could have changed, but... I believe that he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for hitting the highest note by a male on a rock album at that point in history. I don't know if that still stands. It's been 30 years, so probably not. But anyway, there you go. There's some other random side notes for you. Then, of course, his accident happened. They were gone for a while. The album Wait came out which features the song We All Die Young, which, of course, let me guess, four or five years later, everybody that missed it in the mid-90s learned about it whenever Rockstar came out. And Steel Dragon, the band that re-recorded that, of course, Millie's going to talk about that here in the episode coming up as well. Some interesting info there about Steel Dragon performing live in the future. Not to keep rambling, but just an absolute huge fan of this man, his voice, everything he's done throughout the years. This new album that's coming out soon celebrates over 30 years now of Steelheart with tons of songs that throughout their career that they've re-recorded. They've already released the 2022 version of We All Die Young. They just released a new single for Good To Be Alive, which is a Steelheart song that came out. I should have looked up the year, but I 
think now that's probably been about at least 10 years ago. That might have been the first album that they put out after, you know, when they started putting out new stuff again around like 2010, 11, 12, something like that. So anyway, check all that out. Check out the new stuff, the stuff we talk about in this episode, the video for Trust and Love, all kinds of stuff is going on in the world of Stillheart. Got this movie coming. You're going to hear about it here now. So I'm going to stop rambling. Here's Mojinko Matajevic from Stillheart. Thank you for having me. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. You recently announced this uh, 30th anniversary album, and this isn't a typical greatest hits. This is a re-recording, if I if I read right. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, there's several re-recordings, and uh, and some some already recorded. But uh, yeah, this is uh, it's it's an interesting one. I did um, we re-recorded uh, "She's Gone" um, uh, with a piano vocals and a 40-piece orchestra and and we did mama don't you cry piano vocals 40-piece orchestra we did everybody loves eileen full band rock and roll seven minutes long it's intense um and then we did um uh, i'll never let go angel eyes uh acoustic version sung as a duet with a female singer and a young female singer which we're not going to tell who it is until until uh, later date. And then we did uh, We All Die Young. We remixed it, re-recorded some stuff, and We All Die Young. And those are the uh, the five that are um, kind of reworked. Everything else uh, has been um, uh, that was previously recorded and edited, uh, just some edits done. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's, a, um, it's not your just, you know, compilation record just thrown together and here it is you know what i mean it's uh it's been yeah it's been re-recorded some really good stuff i'm really excited for everyone to hear it so i know in the the press bit for it it mentioned the word rewritten as well is that just considered for yeah. the arrangements as well or are you talking like is there music or words actually rewritten uh there's actually it was rearranged so i would say okay. let's say like uh i mean all of them I mean, it all completely sounds like uh, it's same, but different, if that gotcha. makes sense. Like, she's gone. I'm not, I'm singing high, but I'm not singing like insanely. So it, it's like, okay, you know, it doesn't, you know, fit just piano and vocal. It's, you'll see what I'm saying. It's, it's done very um, elegantly. Right. Uh, I hope you guys think the same way, but uh, no, it's legit. It's done as, to my heart the best as possible so hopefully you guys feel the same thing i'm sure we will well we all die young you just released that a couple weeks ago what do you think this new version brings as opposed to the original from what now 25 years ago yeah well i mean it's uh you know it's uh it's uh different versions rock and roll is honest it's pure it's uh real and uh I don't know what else to say. The, the, the most important thing is that, you know, when uh, the movie happened, um, uh, the song never got its light, uh, the day in the sun, so to speak. 
because the movie when it re- when it was released in I forgot when was it um, September of two thousand one or something like that yeah. or two thousand. And so what happened is that when it went into the um, that that weekend, it was number two in the box office. The movie it was doing phenomenal, and then We All Die Young, the movie version, was being released uh, that week. And it was, uh, they had a video for it, Warner Brothers. They put an insane amount of money into it for promotion. And uh, it, uh, 9-11 happened. And then when 9-11 happened, literally the next day, the President Bush, he went on and said, no, uh, no songs with the words die, kill, blood, or any sort of words like that allowed on the radio. So immediately that song was, done the movie was done the song was done uh the song still became kind of an iconic song you know but it never really was delivered to the world to like hey here is the song you know what i mean for the world to really hear it and that's what we're doing right now we want to give it a give it a chance for everyone to hear it and Right now, we put a lyric video out recently on what's up and in 11 days or something, and it's already over 250,000 views. And now we're going to re- uh, release a, a full performance video coming up soon. So here we go. <laughs> well, whenever you yeah. got involved with the movie, you know, doing the vocals was... Yeah. How did the how did your song We All Die Young get involved with the movie? Did they ask you or did you present it and say, hey, this would be a great song for the for Steel Dragon or something like that? Yeah. Well, the actually what happened is the um, the music director um, came to me and said, hey, um, maybe do you have a song or something that would may fit, you know, fit in this movie? And I was like, sure. So I handed him the uh, the way record. And uh, he, uh, as soon as they heard We All Die Young, was like, we want that song. And they wanted it bad. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, uh, so we, you know, band got together. I mean, what a band, right? Me, Zach Wilde, Jason Bonham, and Jeff Pilson. I mean, amazing. <laughs> and um, and we, we recorded it. And it was fucking killer. You know? yeah. So um, here we are, what, 20-something years later? And uh, now let's give it another shot. You know, if anything, it's if anything, it's it's more of a respect, you know, to put it out to the world, you know, since uh, since it didn't have its moment in the sun. Was there ever any thoughts of recording something like Blood Pollution as like a newer version? Yeah, uh, yeah actually, you know, interesting enough, I um, I uh, we redid all the bed tracks, all the drums are done. And uh, we may do that down the road. We'll see. You know, uh, in beginning in 2019, um, I actually put together Steel Dragon. And we were supposed to do a show in Florida oh, wow. with me. It was me, Zach Wilde, um, Matt Sorum, and Jeff. And, and then the pandemic hit. And... It killed, you know, immediately ruined the show. Then we try to postpone it. Pandemic. Try to postpone it. Pandemic. And so now it's like, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe down the road. Now everyone's schedules all over the place. You know, Zach's right. out and Jeff's out. And, and you know, it's just like, uh, so we'll see where it goes. 
So that's but still hopeful for the give, future. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're not going to give that up. Absolutely. Right. Well, you've also got trust and love, which has been out a few months, and this video, I mean, is huge. Like, it just got this grand epic feel, like a lot of the videos from you know the the heyday of MTV yeah. had. Like, yeah, was yeah. is this the first video you've directed, or have you directed in the past? Well, I've directed other ones. Uh, if okay. you saw Lips of Rain, if you see yeah. uh, uh, the video Lips of Rain with the I put the the Steinway piano in the middle of the Utah Salt Flats. Did you see yeah. that one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny it's kind of everyone laughs at them it's like uh, you know i like i like look i like making videos i like making movies you know uh videos you know back in the heyday you're right it used to be so much fun you know and uh, the fans were so excited waiting to see what's going to come next you know now it's like it's a video in a room on a green screen and a bunch of editors that just, you know, put stuff together, which I understand, you know, there's, it's a lot of money, you know, and, um, and the music business is not as what it used to be. You know, it's not easy to uh, make money in this business. It's not very easy, you know, but um, the thing that's never left me is the passion is that, you know, that drive, that depth. I just can't, I don't know, maybe, uh, Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. But I, I can't. I got to do great shit. I can't just do something, whatever. And if it is something that's very, uh, you know, small or not as epic, then it has to be something very so pure and honest that that's the way it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that video, the message is so grand. I mean, we got huge orchestras in there. We have over 700 people that are involved in that video. If you look at the credits, if you look at the end credits, you know, yeah. um, I have the Korean government involved, you know, um, there's, uh, there's 350 people who put a, sent in their vocals to sing on the chorus. Um, it's just on and we have the little kids in there. It goes on and on. It's just, it's, it's more of a sacred moment. It's me and the director of Korean culture. We're hitting uh, the peace bell, you know, the Korean friendship bell, which is not a bell that anyone is allowed to just hit. You know, someone it's got to be something very special, you know. So putting all that together, it needs. It needs an epic video, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't a, a message like that can't just be, you know, just whatever. And that's what I felt, and that's what I saw. So, I had to I had to do it. I had to create it. It's uh, it was uh, ambitious, but it was uh, it was done successful. I thought, you know, we did a good job. Yeah. So, how long was the the planning process? I'm sure just making it took a while, but like just when you had your vision, did it take you a while to just like put the whole concept together? No. Yeah. No, it wasn't that bad. No, it's like uh, it, it goes. It goes pretty fast. I'm. I don't like to. I don't like to uh, ponder on things too much or wait because what happens is that when the energy seeps seeps in and you start thinking too much and you start, you know, oh well, this is going to be and this is hard and this is hard. Then you start all of a sudden the energy goes away and then it becomes too difficult to do. You know, just like any project, if you're, you know, you want to do something and you start thinking about it, how difficult it's going to be, you'll never do it. You know, yeah. basically, you just got to like, OK, we're doing this, 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 this. Am I meant to do it? I got to do it. All right, let's go. And then you go in, make it happen. Well, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? So and that's what we did. 
I mean, I, hey, look, I even emptied out the, the truck, all right, with all the equipment. So I'm sitting there lugging this stuff too, even <laughs> with a big crew and over the, that's it. That's whatever it takes, you know, we make it happen. Well, as far as your recording, I mean, you've already released it in a few languages, but you're recording this and planning to do this in 14 different languages? Like how? Yeah, we did 10. Okay, you've already got 10 out? Okay. We got five out. We got okay. five out. 10 are finished. Okay. And so we're going to release, uh, we're going to keep releasing them. Okay. Uh, but I do, there's, uh, there's, uh, five more that I do want to put cause I, uh, I did Chinese, Japanese, uh, Hindi, uh, Italian, Croatian, Korean, Portuguese, Spanish, English. Um, I don't know. Am I missing something? Russian, the 10 should be 10. Um, I've got, uh, I haven't finished, uh, French, German, Arabic. Um, oh man, what are the other two? Anyway, uh, it'll be 15 altogether. Why I'm doing it? I have no idea. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> no, I honestly, I did it because of the message. Okay. And the message is, you know, just to do it in English is one thing, you know, but to do it in different languages and to really give the respect to, you know, the different languages of different countries, I just felt like it would be more um, personal, more powerful. You know what I mean? So, um, and again, you know, this isn't something that, this is not something I did to be the guy that, you know, too cool for school. I did this because I was meant to do it. You know, it wasn't a lot of work for me. It's enormous amount of work, but it didn't feel like a lot of work. You know, I connected with people all over the world, artists all over the world. We translated the lyrics on Zoom. We talked about it, change this, let's change that. And how to enunciate, you know what I mean? You know, how to, what's the right way to enunciate and be on the phone and then send them back the vocal. No, you got to say, sa, and this and that, you know, and it was, it was beautiful. I mean, when does an artist get to do something like that, you know? And, um, and shit, I mean, my focus was to make sure I don't sound like an American singing all these different languages. Right. So, oh, by the way, Croatian, I forgot to mention that my own country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, you're fluent in obviously Croatian, English, I'm, I'm assuming Korean as well. Are you fluent well, in any of these other yeah. languages or? No, but you know, I considering I, uh, you know, I started off in in Europe, growing up until like five, and coming here, I still speak the language. And the thing is that you know what's happening. The English language is the most difficult, okay? Because you know you got one word that means fifteen things. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like okay, make up your mind, you know. And uh, you know when you're something that says uh, physical, you, you think you put an F in it. No, you go put a PHY. It's like right. okay. It's like, you know, where all the other languages, well, most of them are, more, if you're going to say physical, it'll be F-I-S-K-A-L or Z, you know. Everything's uh, uh, pronounced to way uh, the, the actual letter is spoken. So here's A-E-I-O-U, over there, and A is A, O, U. So knowing that, it's easier going into all these different languages because the whole world's, you know, kind of sp- speaks that way, except us. 
the English <laughs> language. <laughs> so, all these other ones, like you said, you had help with other people translating it for you, but so it wasn't too difficult to get the entire process down per per language. No, the, huh. no. The most difficult part is the nuances. You okay. know, it's like when you when you think when you think you got it right, uh, it's just not like a like when you're doing the Asian language, let's say like Korean, you know, it, it was really funny because I would sit there and they would say, okay, sa, and I go, sa, no, not sa, sa. I'm like, okay, sa, no, not sa, sa. I'm like, sa, yeah, that's it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's like, whoa. So it's a process. You know what I mean? And in every language that I did, it all went through the same process. I may have been saying it right the first time, but for some reason it has to go through this, you know, whole thing to come, you know, to that full circle. But, um, but Hey, here we are, you know, and, um, it's something, uh, it's something, something beautiful and something special to me. So I'm lucky to have, uh, been able to do it. When the movie that you're doing was this, where the song was spawned from or was the movie from the song? Like I was kind of confused on which way that came about. Oh no, I did the, I did the, uh, so I did the song first and then we did the video, which is like a mini movie. Okay. But now there's a, there's a feature movie. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So the feature movie is, um, when the director, uh, uh, heard the song cause we sat down and listened to some of my music. And every song I played, it was like, oh, I like that one. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. And then I saved Trust and Love. And he's just like, and he goes, oh, so you waited for the last one to give me that. He goes, we're done. We need the song. I want the song. Not only that, he looks over to the producer and he goes, we need to call this the movie Trust and Love. And I was like, oh, shit, because it was called something else. So they changed the name of the movie to Trust and Love because of the song. So... Let's see what happens. <laughs> and this is your first acting in a feature length, right? So, like, where's the process at right now? Like, when can we expect this movie to be available? Uh, we will have a cut within three weeks. We'll oh, have okay. the first cut. Yeah. So, uh, I think everybody's planning maybe a February, a February or early spring release. It's a, uh, it's a very, it's a fun movie. It's an emotional movie. It's a funny movie. It is dramatic. I mean, it's got all the elements. And now it's, uh, you know, let's see how the editors do, you know, how they cut it. But it's got all the, you know, elements of, uh, of, a, of a great movie. The story's line is good. And, of course, the music's good. It's my music. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, the acting side of it, I love it. it it's, uh, it comes natural to me at least i feel so uh but we'll see we'll see how i look you know yeah. and uh we'll see where it goes from there but uh i had a lot of fun doing it and i hope uh more you know more acting uh, gigs come out of it so we'll see do you know yet like how it's going to be released if it's going to be on like a digital platform or if it's going to be available to buy or how that's yeah i'm not sure but uh you know it'll be it'll be distributed properly just like a you know real feature so I'm not sure if they're going to go to uh, the theaters with it or they're going to go directly to, you know, streaming through like, you know, Amazon or Netflix or uh, HBO or whatever have you. So, um, again, 
you know, I contributed a lot to this movie, but uh, I'm not in charge of, you know, all of that. So that's, uh, we'll see how they do. You know, it's their gig. Well, going back to the music side of things, like mm. when you're not recording or performing, like how do you keep your voice in shape? Like, do you do anything daily? Yeah. yeah. Exercise, you know, go easy on the booze. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep, uh, what's the word, uh, stretching, a lot of water, a lot of rest. And most of all, singing. You know, when I'm working, so by the way, there's not a dull moment in my day. There's no such thing as days off with me. Okay. I tried taking a vacation last week and it was kind of a vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, cause I came right back, boom, on a plane, you know, doing shows and all the above. But, um, you know, it's, it comes to this. I've always said this in, in my interviews. It's like, it really is a respect, you know, when life gives you a gift, you need to respect it, you know? And, um, the voice that, life has given me god whatever you want to call it is a gift and i have to respect it and i really try to give it that um you know i can't smoke i haven't smoked ever in my life i love to have a cigar and a scotch once in a while i can't do that all the time of course um it's a lot of uh, hot water honey lemon and exercise and a lot of singing the more i sing if I sang every day, if I had a chance to sing every day, it becomes easier for me. It's crazy. It's like anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like um, I get so caught up in so many things that I'm always doing. I got to focus on, you know, that um, I sing maybe, you know, three, four times a week. I need to do, I like, I like every day to do something, you know, singing. So... And that's it. That's how I keep it together. Do you have like a warm up routine pre show, or is that just kind of natural to you? Because, like you said, you keep it going all the time. It is exactly. It is like a natural thing. I don't really. It's funny, actually. Kevin, my bass player, asked me the other day because, yeah, do you have like a dual warm up thing or anything? Because <laughs> I'm in a you know backstage and usually stretch a lot of stretching. You know, it really helps to put a you know the body, the neck, and all of that. Really important. And um, uh, but I usually, you know, my warmups are mostly all day, you know, I, uh, just take the moments of slowly doing soft exercises and letting the voice, you know, open up by itself. I don't do a lot of, uh, you know, acrobatics or anything like before I sing. No. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I remember reading an interview with Rob Halford a long time ago where he said he doesn't do anything either, which just kind of amazed me hearing that from a guy with a voice like that or like yours. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, because you're all, you're doing it all the time, you know, and then when you wake up, there's a way of just something, you know, you just kind of like keep that energy going as you're, you know, before you get on stage. And ideally, you know, because when you get up there, you're you're giving it all you got. And that's a that's a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. The worst part about anything and what I don't like the most is talking. Okay. Talking is worse than singing. You know, and a lot of people don't know how to talk. And I don't mean, how can I explain this? Meaning when they're talking, they're not, they're not using their diaphragm or they're talking through their throat and they're actually going hoarse talking. You know what I mean? 
Now yeah. imagine if you had to sing like that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so, um, yeah, that's the way I, I talking is worse for me actually than singing too much talking, you know, if you got to sing that night. So usually I cut out the talking. So well, no interviews on show days, basically. <laughs> no, no, right. no. You know yeah. what, you know what, you know what, you know what it is. Um, show days and travel days. I, I love it because usually we fly in the day before. It's great because I get to sleep. Yeah. I swear. I li- literally, I, I shut it down and I'm watching forensic files for like hours, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And it's just a moment of rest. You know what I mean? Because I'm going a hundred miles an hour every day. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, show day is uh show day is more of just a, it's like, it's beautiful energy. Let it, you know, do, this is what I work for, you know, what I live for. So why not give it that respect? I don't need to be on the phones doing business and Hey, what about this? What about that? And interviews, it's too much. It's too yeah. much, you know? Well, going way back, Tangled in Rains, we're at 30 years since that came out. And that's one of my favorite albums of that entire era. And I just Good feel album. like it obviously didn't get the fair shake in America because of the changing climate of mm-hmm. music. But when you look back at that album, like, how do you feel about it now, 30 years later? Fucking great. That was yeah. a good album. That's a damn good album. And I, and I, um, you know, I, without a doubt, would love to, we'll see how it goes. Because right now, Steelheart is in that uh, area where, um, uh, talking about getting our rights back, you know, from Universal. And I would love nothing more than to re-release that record, you know, vinyl and all that oh i would love nothing more there's some great songs on that album you know and uh we're going to incorporate a lot of those songs in uh next year in the set because it is it's just got it's one of those albums that's just got fire yeah you know yeah i'm glad to hear that because i've seen you several times but and there usually wasn't much from that album involved in the set so yeah no well, we're changing that we're definitely changing that we're adding we're changing the whole set list for next year. So I want to add uh, Tangled in Rains and more songs from the first album. Uh, also songs from Good to Be Alive album. Um, because uh, actually the third, the second single right now is going to be Good to Be Alive, the, uh, the heavy version from uh, that album. And, you know, it's uh, we're doing a lyric video for that as well. And we did some edits to it. And it is, it balls out. I mean, I forgot what it sounded like when I first heard it again. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is like slamming. So right. definitely putting that into the set. And All My Love, I thought if that song had been released yeah. at the right time back then, that could have been like as big as I'll Never Let You Go. Yeah, well, you know what? Who knows? We just don't know. Like right now, you know, We All Die Young is back out there. So we don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And we'll see what life has in store. Maybe uh, it'll have its, you know, day in the sun another time. It, the beauty about music and videos is forever. Right. You know what I mean? It's forever. It's not just like here and it's gone. You know, people, it used to be like, oh, a one hit wonder. Bullshit. <laughs> no, no. There's so much, there's so much more that can happen at any time. You know? So, Let's see where life takes it. So you mentioned touring next year. Is that going to be like, are you looking to 
do an entire world type thing or is this just going to be spot shows you know it all comes down to how the uh the economy is you know the promoters because what i'm hearing now it's pretty a lot of people got their ass kicked this year you know uh the big bands came in you know they did a lot of big shows and some of those promoters did well but a lot of the other promoters really had a tough time you know spent a lot of money and didn't really get the uh, the return because of that, you know, because of the pandemic. So as soon as the pandemic was over, it was just like, whoosh, you know, everybody, every, hey, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. you know, everybody's playing, everyone's, it's just like, ah. So now it's kind of leveling out, but we shall see. First and foremost, I am there. Whoever wants us, Steelheart, I am there. We're there to jam. Whether it's in Guam, whether it's in Brazil, whether it's in Idaho, whether it's, I don't care where it is. I just love performing live. So bring it, however it works. Who's in the band currently? Currently, we have uh, Joe Pesha. Go figure, Joe Pesha, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's, or is it Pesia? I call him Joe Pesha. Uh, (laughs) He's a guitar player. Um, Then we have Kevin Chown. And we have Mike Homer. Mike's been with me for 17 years. So um, he has been a little bit, um, we welcome him back on the next show in Dallas here. He has been out. He had a a little bit of a a health situation that, thank God, he's okay. And um, so filling in for him was uh, Patrick Johansson, who was playing with uh, Ingve for years. And, uh, yeah, so that's the band. It's solid. Great bunch of guys, easy to work with. And how can I say, imagine going to work like uh, you're going to see a bunch of friends. And then you do, uh, you know, you do a show and then you have a beer after together. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's been very effortless working with these guys. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I was at a show. I believe it was the second time you performed at Rocklahoma. You rode out on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> is that something that you get the opportunity to do that often? Or is that just because the stage uh, was big enough? Or <laughs> the, sta- the stage was big enough. But I mean, that was, you know, again, here I go again, right? Remember I was saying I do epic things. <laughs> right? I mean, if you remember, I I uh, flew in in a uh, fighter jet on that show. Oh, right. Yeah. You remember that? I forgot about so, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we put that in the jumbo trying to fly, yeah. flying in, in a fighter jet. And, and the pilot in that fighter jet was Dale Snodgrass. So the movie Top Gun is actually about Dale. Dale is the Top Gun pilot. Okay. And he just passed away recently. He was the, uh, I mean, he was, uh, let me see, he did um, twenty over 2,600 uh, carrier landings. I mean, look wow. him up, Dale, Dale Snodgrass. He was... The shit, legit, mm-hmm. and um, he was he was the pilot with me. I was in the back seat, you know. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So we did when we did that show. I mean, I think I had the audience pretty pretty psyched, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> after that little video, and then I come out on a Harley, you know. And it was like so. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. Um, yeah, I'd, I definitely, without a doubt, would love to do that again, but uh, it has to be the right stage. Right. Yeah. Right on, Manuel. I appreciate you taking the time with me today. It's been an honor. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me.
Peace. There you go, Miljinko from Steelheart. A huge thank you to Jamie Roberts of For the Wind Media for her help with this one. And of course, a massive thank you to Miljinko for spending their 30 minutes talking about all the current stuff and even some old stuff and some future stuff. So, great stuff coming from Steelheart. And appreciate the time. If this is your first time listening, We've had on tons of artists throughout the years that fall into this same genre of music that Steelheart does. People like Frank Hannon of Tesla. He's been on here four times now. We've had on Brian Wheat of Tesla as well. Joey Allen of Warrant. Robert Mason of Warrant and Lynch Mob. And The End Machine. Let me see. Guys from Firehouse, Trickster, Lillian Axe. Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns were on here together once. Guys from Junkyard. Mark Kendall of Great White has been on here a couple times. Gene Simmons of the band Kiss has been on here. Speaking of Kiss, Bruce Bruce Kulik, formerly of Kiss, has been on here in the past. Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio. Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. A few of the guys from Kicks, K-I-X, have been on here. I've also had on guys from all across the board, like I mentioned, coming up. Justin Foley of Killswitch. Mike D from Killswitch has been on here in the past. We've had on guys from Prong and Typo Negative, White Zombie. Newer stuff like Skillet, Shinedown, Saving Able, Nonpoint, Sons of Texas. We've had on Shooter Jennings. We've had on D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple. Paige Hamilton of Helmet. The list is long and mighty, so just look through it all. TheThunderUnderground.com, you can listen there. You can find all the socials there. So follow Thunder Underground on all the socials. Anytime you see a post, like it, share it, retweet it, comment on it, heart it, whatever it is you can do, because just doing anything to it, you know, of course helps it spread around to the masses. And that's what we want. Wherever you're listening right now, Follow, like, or subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are heard. We're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that great stuff. Once again, got episodes coming with Justin Foley of Killswitch Engage, Robin McCauley of the McCauley Shanker Group, Michael Shanker Fest, Black Swan, all kinds of great stuff. I've got one scheduled to record this week, which is pretty cool, which I'll announce on the next episode. And then I've got a couple other ones in the works. So be sure to be on the lookout. Once again, a huge thank you to Med Farm, DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, For the Wind Media, and Steelheart. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>